Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Shepard, how are you guys doing today? What's up, man? I'm all right, yo. Good, good. How are you doing, Michael? I'm good. Looking forward to it. Good, good, good. It's good to be back. I had to take uh, last week off because a couple of the kids, uh, my kids got sick, so I had to help my wife take care of them. But uh, we are, uh, basically, we're ready to roll here this week. Uh, we've got a number of different things to talk about, even though there isn't a lot of action coming up, uh, or we're in the middle of the dog days of summer. Uh, which is usually torture for boxing fans. Um, but we'll do what we normally do, and we'll start with a fight uh, uh, review. Uh, the one fight of note last night, guys, that took place was uh, the Mean Machine, and I'm going to butcher his name here. And uh, <laughs> Igigis Kavaliskis, am I saying? How do you guys pronounce that? I don't. <laughs> That's how I pronounce it. Okay. I don't even try. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the Mean Machine... Uh, beat Juan Carlos Abreu by unanimous decision last night on uh, over on ESPN+. Plus. Um, now, uh, we all know, like I said, his nickname is The Mean Machine, uh, but it's been several fights uh, since he's looked like The Mean Machine, guys. Uh, and, Michael, I'll start with you on this. Um, what did you make of, of this guy? Where do you think he goes next, or where should he go next? I didn't think he uh, lived up to his name. Um Last night, I thought it was a bit of an uneven performance. Uh, kind of really should have got the guy out there, I thought. He was kind of didn't really think he was throwing enough. Um, I think the CompuBot stats was landed 119 out of 373. So, overall, those rounds wasn't really many punches landed. Um, I think he needs to... He's definitely not ready for that step up to face any of the bigger names that he was calling out afterwards. Um, I think he's probably got another one or two fights where he needs to... Uh, kind of get the crowd behind him, create a bit of uh, momentum behind him before he steps in and faces anybody of Terence Crawford or somebody at the top of that, that division. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that one, Michael. I, I thought I thought that he was, uh, he, uh, the last few fights, including last night, he's looked a, a little too timid. It uh, looks like he's trying to be more of a boxer than he was a, uh, you know, a puncher early on. Um, and I kind of think that plays against his natural tendencies a bit. Um, I don't know, you know, what goes on behind the scenes with these guys, um, but it looks like maybe he's trying to change his style a little bit, or has been working on a few things. But yeah, he hasn't. He, I, I haven't been too impressed with him lately. Uh, where are you at with with this uh, with the Mean Machine, Victor? Well, I mean, 
the one good takeaway from this is that he went 10 full rounds. He probably shouldn't have gone 10 rounds with this guy. On paper, he should not have gone 10 rounds with him. But eh, on one hand, it's better that he got the experience of actually going to a decision in a match like that. So that's all right. He has always shown these flaws. His punches are pretty wide at times. He gets a little too wild up there a lot of the times. He didn't do that in this fight throughout the entirety of it, but even when he did exchange, you're like, okay, if you're up against somebody better, you're definitely going to get punished for that. Right. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk about him being a possible opponent for Terrence Crawford uh, in, the, mm-hmm. in the very near future. Um, 2019, definitely. Think, yeah, at least. I don't, I don't see the Mean Machine being much of a, you know, I mean, he's not going to be, he's not, Crawford isn't going to walk through him or anything, uh, mainly because that's not Crawford's style, but uh, there isn't going to be a lot of resistance there, if, you know, if they were to fight this year or maybe even next year. I, I don't, and honestly, I don't know, guys, uh, how high the Mean Machine ceiling actually is. Um, he, like I said, he's kind of changed styles over the last few yeah, He's also, been, how old is uh-huh. he, like 31? I, yeah, I is think he 31 or 32? He's yeah, he's not going to improve that event. much. Yeah, he's not going to yeah. improve that much. Right. So, I mean, I yeah, you. What uh, I know, a lot of people in the media usually say, uh, you know, about fighters in their early 30s, you know, he is who he is, and I kind of think that's applicable to the mean machine here. Um, but where he goes from here, I don't know. Um, in lieu of a Crawford fight, which I would definitely keep him away from. I, in fact, I wouldn't put him in, you know, in with anyone at the top of 147. I wouldn't even put him even put him in against Thurman, uh, who's coming going to be coming off a huge layoff. Um, but yeah, I, I would keep him in there, kind of with with what they've what they've had him in there with recently, and, and let him develop a little bit more, or see if he if, if he can. Um, now, with Yo, that said, guys, uh huh. Sorry to cut you off, but speaking of Thurman, want to hear a fun fact about him now? Sure. Tenth longest reigning welterweight champion. Uh, what? He passed Mickey. Yeah, yeah, he passed Mickey Walter by one day. Does, that was does like that really days count ago, though? Yeah. When you when you don't hey, fight, hey man, <laughs> it's in the it's in the record books now, man. He's top ten welterweight ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that no, that goes back to the same bullshit that we we laugh about from time to time on the air, Victor. Where we talk, you know, people go, oh, Deontay Wilder, thirty nine and 0, 38 KOs, and it's like, oh, he's the greatest heavyweight ever. You know what I mean? It's like. No, no, no. Let's let, let's take a look at this resume and dissect things here a little bit. You know, uh, you know, maybe maybe in five, ten, twenty years down the line, when we look back at, you know, someone like Deontay Wilder or even Keith Thurman, you know, old, guys like us, I'll be really old, but you guys will be where I'm at now, and you know, hopefully the older fight fans will will, will be able to educate the younger group that you know sitting sitting at the you know sitting in the crowd and you know, kind of show them what was really happening with the, with these fights during this era. But, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, that that That's kind of a crazy fact. <laughs> that kind of shit kind of gets under my skin it's because, it's like I said, when you don't fight, or, you know, or you fight once or twice a year and it's against limited opposition, you know, uh, how much stock can you really put in something like that? You know? Another fun thing about that, actually. So uh-huh. Thurman is at three years, five months couple of weeks robinson sugar robinson three years seven uh-huh. months <laughs> like two weeks that's not that big of a gap and you know thurman's not going to lose in two months he's going to pass robinson 
Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Are you, uh, do you bring this stuff on the air just because you know I'm gonna like go off on it so you can giggle in the background, Victor? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I I expect that. That's good. But yeah, it's just oh god. Yeah, the in this era, I guys, I feel like the 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 waters have been muddied so much by the PBC, like the PBC pom pom waivers, and, and just the changes that have you know been happening within the sport the last you know decade or so that have you know turned it into what it is now. It just you know oh like 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 they, like they say with Adrian Broner, you know four division world champion. It's like slow down, pump the brakes. You know, this this guy isn't what you think he is, or that doesn't carry the weight it normally would or used to with, you know, with a with a fighter. But you know, I I don't know, man. You know, what, what else can I say about something like that? <laughs> with that said, guys, let's. I want to move on uh, to the fight preview, um, and let me do this really quick because it's probably going to be a shorter show today. Um, I want to remind our listeners uh, they can call and talk to us live with questions and comments uh, by calling us at six five seven. Three eight three zero three nine one. They can also uh, tweet their questions, comments, and concerns at uh, yours truly at Split D Boxing, uh, Victor at at seven five seven Vic, or Michael Shepard at at M Shep ten. Uh, Any time during the show, we'll be read those on the air and be happy to chime in. Uh, but with that said, guys, the only fight there's only two fights happening next week that are of, really of note or, or concern to the hardcore fan. Uh, the first being Regis Progre versus Juan Jose Velasco. Uh, I hope I said that right, Velasco or Velasco. Um, Victor, let's start with that you on Velasco. this one. Velasco, okay, sorry. Uh, who do you have winning this one, Victor? Progre. I don't think anybody's actually picking Velasco, although Velasco's not. Like, his record doesn't indicate that he's bad, but he hasn't really seen anything like Progre before. So it's kind of like a layup to me to even – this is not going to be that competitive, really. No, I don't. E- I I don't think so either. I think I think re- uh, Progress is probably going to get them late, or get them out of there late. Um, this fight has some 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 significance, at least for me, Victor, uh, and 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 Michael. I, I I don't know if you guys are as amped as I am about the the next season or the next rounds of uh, the World Boxing Super Series tournaments. Uh, but the oh, winner yeah. of this, yeah, the winner of this is supposedly going to enter that the, the 140 pound uh wbss tournament um and again i think it's going to be program and i would favor program in that tournament um where are you at with all of this michael how do you see it playing out uh, on saturday i think uh regis progress should win just like victor said um velasco's unbeaten so i think they've probably picked him because he looks good on paper because obviously he's going to be mm-hmm. progress going to be fighting in front of his home crowd um, but I can't see anything in Progray winning or somewhere around the middle sorts of rounds and he should go into the uh, the World Boxing Super Series. I believe they're talking about him fighting uh, Josh Taylor from, from Great Britain, so that should be a good fight. Oh, that would be yeah. fun. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 think, uh, I think that Progray oh. just has... Uh-huh. By the way, go ahead. he's going to take another loss that day if that fight ever happens, Mike. UK is going down. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to back, gonna have to back the British guy, aren't I? Oh no, dude! <laughs> hey, you don't have to cheer for the hometown guy, Michael. That's that's not a requirement on this show, man. I have to, just have to go mm-hmm. with it. 
You have to. Oh man, yeah. I, I'm I'm not that. I'm not. That's that's foreign to me. I you know I root for, you know, whom whomever I find more exciting or, or you know, to be better for the sport. Um, I, I I've never even even when I used to watch other sports, guys, I never rooted for, uh, except for the Lakers. I never rooted for anybody that was in the L.A. area really. So it's, I, you know, all my favorite teams were mostly outside of Southern California. So. Um, but I understand most people are that way and that's cool. Um, now, uh, do you favor Michael, would you favor pro gray in the, in the 140 pound tournament? Um, I'd have to see it on paper. I can't actually remember everybody who's gone in. Right. Right. I think, the, do I? I think, I think the initial fight with Josh Taylor that the, they're talking about, because those two, the had he ranked in the WBC and Josh Taylor has like the, WBC silver or one of those kind of yeah, made-up belts. Uh-huh. I think that fight would be an interesting fight to start with just because the kind of different styles, you know, the old saying, you know, styles make fights. So I think it, should, it would sure. be an interesting one. Um, and I might actually, maybe it's just me being British, favor Josh Taylor in that. I just think he's slightly more skilled mm-hmm. and I think he's a little bit taller with the with the reach. Pro Gray kind of, he's skilled, but kind of relies more on, on his power. Um, well, who, so I'll, who's, take, who's I'll got, take Victor's bet. I'll take Victor's bet on that. Oh man, dude! Well, when that fight comes around, we'll have to we'll have to get into that a little bit more. That'll be fun. Now, let, let also, me ask both of I you win, guys. Victor, I'm uh-huh. never letting you live it down. By the way, every single day you talk to me. <laughs> now, let me ask you guys in a, in a Taylor versus or a hypothetical Taylor versus program matchup, uh, who has the better punch? Progway. One punch. What the one punch power? Yeah. Probably I'd say Progray. I would uh, Pro guess. Gray. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's that's I lean towards that too. Um, I also think his aggression is better, and the way he sets up shots is actually like it's in, it's better in an awkward way. Like it's yeah, not. He is if I were to like break it down like a technical way, it's not exactly better. It's not completely refined, but it's not bad enough for him to get countered for it all the time, and you're just not going to see everything that's coming at you. And it's relentless a lot of the times too. Like he knows when to do that. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I tend to. I, I just think that Progray has a, uh, the better skill set, I guess, or the better tools uh, in the toolbox. Um, but Taylor, Taylor, that's a good fight. Um, I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we have gotta wait and see, like everything else. But. Uh, yeah, I, I've got Progray winning by late stoppage. Uh, Michael, you said sometime in the middle of the fight next Saturday. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. Just his punch power will be too much, and I think he did kind of yeah. brought that guy in to make him look good in front of his home crowd. But you know, sure. I feel he'll go into the World Boxing Super Series on a big momentum. So, I think yeah. he's, he's just kind of cannon fodder for Regis Progray. <laughs> right now, uh, Victor, did you say how it ends, or, or did you just pick Progray? to win. I'll just pick for a by TKO. I'm pretty sure it's going to be. Like, okay. when I think about it, I'm thinking late could also be middle, but definitely pro by TKO. I don't see this going to a decision. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's not hard to... <laughs> it's probably how it's going to play out. Um, now, guys, the other fight that's happening next Saturday, the only other fight of note, uh, is the machine, Lucas Matisse, uh, versus Manny Pacquiao, uh, which obviously is a 12-rounder for Matisse's WBA here you go, Victor. "Quote unquote" regular welterweight title. Um, I've got uh, Pacquiao in this one by decision, guys. Um, Pacquiao still hits hard, I think, but he's never really had 
the power and welterweight that he had at the at the lower weights. Um, and I think Lucas can take a, a decent punch. Um, so I see this one going 12 rounds. Uh, Michael, how do you how do you see this one playing out? Uh, I think the same, unless Pacquiao has aged over time uh, since his last fight with Horn. Um, I didn't really like the fact he's going into the fight without Freddie Roach and he's been trained by his yeah. long-term friend. I don't really know how that's going to work. Is he going to be pushed the same, having a friend train him over having an actual coach? Um, mm-hmm. He's still got glimpses of, obviously, the old Pacquiao, just kind of obviously not as quick, not as strong, but he still has, obviously, the high work rate in the yeah, and you know he's still got that boxing IQ. It's just uh, sometimes he doesn't seem to be able to, you know, have the quickness and the athleticism that he used to have. I still yeah, think sure. he'll probably be too quick, and he'll throw enough punches to uh, to out to outbox Matisse if he goes over the twelve rounds. He's just got to mm-hmm. avoid uh, avoid Matisse's moneymaker. You know, obviously the whole yeah. fight. So I think Pacquiao should be able to do it though. Okay. How about you, Victor? Okay, so although you could always say, like, Pacquiao may have aged since his Horn fight, Matisse has already aged quite a bit. His last fight, he did not yeah. look good at all. He may have won by knockout, brutal knockout, but you have to look at the things that were leading up to the knockout. He was getting outboxed by a guy that he really should not be getting outboxed by. I can't see him dealing with Pacquiao's work rate at this stage, even now. It's just I'm leaning like you. I think it's going to be a decision. I don't think Matisse is going to win many rounds at all. I give him probably three rounds max of winning. This is just not going to be that competitive. And I hope Matisse retires after this, honestly. Pacquiao can probably keep going because this is still fun for him. And he can still beat guys like Matisse. So I would keep going if I'm Pacquiao. Definitely if he loses, he should retire. But Matisse, he should be done after this. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Like you said, Victor, uh, Matisse hasn't looked good in a while. In, in the last outing, he was—he looked exceptionally poor. I thought, um, uh, but I don't know, man. Yeah, I, like like Michael said, there's always that chance that Pacquiao, you know, isn't just declining. That he that he actually went over that you know the, the cliff of old age and you know has really lost it. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I kind of get the the feeling um, that maybe. Uh, they're maybe uh, you know they're trying to uh, maneuver Pacquiao into to one last money fight maybe against somebody like 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 you know uh, not maybe not Crawford but maybe somebody on you know close to that level um, and before he officially goes away for good. Uh, but what do you think, Michael? Do you, do you think that's going to happen with Pacquiao, or uh, um, do you think there's you know he's just going to continue this retirement tour against you know faded or or, or you know second tier opponents? Yeah, um, Bob Aaron was on another podcast, and I can't for the life of me remember who who was interviewing him. But they were asking him about that, what's going to happen next. And um, he was saying that if Pacquiao had already kind of asked him whether he could fight Crawford, and Bob Aaron had already said to him, like, I don't really want to put you in there for your, you know, for your health. But, yeah. um, you know, if that's what he wanted to do, then he would do it, because obviously they're old, long-time friends and stuff like that, so... It looks like Pacquiao will probably, if he if he beats Matisse, which we seem to think he will, he'll probably go on and look for a bigger payday, probably Crawford or maybe Lomachenko, probably the biggest payday he can get, and he'll be outside of the U.S. again, I, I assume, because obviously he's got those tax problems, so he'll be somewhere else around right. the world, wherever it makes the most money. Right. 
Now, what what about uh, what about the machine, Michael? Do you think uh, if he loses, even by decision, that you think he just kind of rides off into the sunset after this? Um, yeah, he's probably made a lot of money. Uh, I imagine he'll. If he loses, it probably depends on how he loses. If he gets knocked sure. out or you know loses the whole ten, twelve rounds against uh, Pacquiao, then he may. Um, if it's close, uh, then he may fight on again if he can find someone else. Because you know that division's got a few stacked older people that he could kind of, you know, fight against around a similar age. You know, like the Devon Alexanders and the Porters. You know, the kind of around that age. So, you see uh, Porter, old Sean Porter. Yeah, is that what he said? I think so. Man, nah, Porter would destroy Matisse. It would be nowhere close to competitive. That'd be ugly, really. I, I think at this stage of the game, I, I agree with that. Uh, few, you know, if they prime for prime, I think it might be a little bit a different story. Hmm. I don't even agree with that. I think Porter is probably the most underrated guy at welterweight by quite a wide margin. I think because of the way he fights, people just underestimate how hard it is to actually deal with somebody like Porter. But really, I mean, I say all the time, I think he beat Keith Thurman. I think even if you don't think he beat Keith Thurman, it was at very least very competitive. And yeah, I think Keith was considered to be one of the best in the division. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I won't disagree with that, that it was competitive. I thought Thurman won, though. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, now, outside of those two fights, guys, uh, there isn't a lot going on. Uh, next week's fight preview is going to be – fuck, I can't wait. I'm so excited to talk about the the Usyk and Gossev fight that's happening on the 21st. But I'll save that for next Sunday. Um, I want to move on to news and notes. Um, and if we get to that, that guys, scares me though. Who uh, says well, again? Uh, before well, now, that I'm fight a... scares me so much. Shoot! Uh, all right, we'll digress for just a few minutes here. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I understand. I understand where you're coming from, Victor. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm pro. You know, I'm Team Gasayev. I guess you could say. Um, you know, I like his style more than I like Usyk's, but I'm a fan of both guys, and I don't really want to see either one lose. So for me, there's that. There's that. It was kind of like, it was like when I watched Hagler and, and Leonard. I I love both of those guys, and I, even more so when they were active. And it was like I didn't want to see I, I didn't want to see that fight happen just because I was a fan of both of them. And it's I you know to a lesser degree I feel that way about Usyk and Gasev, but it's it's you know somebody you know somebody's always got to go as they say. And ugh, fuck, it, I, I'm I'm le- I'm still leaning towards Usyk, but. Uh, I, you know, I'm hoping Gasev finds a way to pull it off, but we'll have to wait and see. Did you have something Man, to add to that? It, yeah, that's not even what I care about. I'm worried about Usyk's health, like him actually just dying in Russia because no. he's from Ukraine. Oh, that's an actual concern. No, no, this is an actual... Like, imagine if Usyk goes to Russia, beats Gasev, the Russian. It's like, that is in that type of fight... No, huge danger. This is very, very dangerous. I'll tell you this, he better not win a decision. Actually, it might be worse if he knocks him out. He better not win this fight. If he wins, things are not going to go well for him. This is a huge... I'm actually kind of mad at the World Boxing Super Series for even doing this. Usyk is a very brave man for coming in with this fight, but this is not... The relationship between Ukraine and Russia is not good at all. If this was on the other side, though, if Gasev was coming to Ukraine, it wouldn't actually matter that much because Ukraine, the government isn't serving, like the people there don't seem to care that much about Russia. It's weird. But Russia does not like Ukraine. They're 
at war. This is not good. Yeah, well, I'm aware of that, but I, I don't think there'll be too much, too much of a danger for for Usyk. I think obviously there's a lot. Why would of it not be? There. The fucking I don't know. The I don't know. Ukrainian government tells you all the time that if you're from Ukraine, you should not go to Russia at all. Like you can die. They tell you this all the time. I I, th- I think honestly, if if Usyk's if Usyk or his team, you know, or his handlers were were that concerned about that. Uh, and I'm sure there's there's some concern there going into any foreign country, uh, especially one that you're at war with. But I, I just think that they wouldn't have done it, done you know, gone that route, um, or he would have pulled out. Man, Kelbrook got attacked with a machete before. Like just because you're a high profile boxer or celebrity, or something doesn't mean you can't be touched. This is a huge danger. I it could be. Uh, w- w- what are your feelings on that, Michael? Hey, he's a big, well-known guy. I'm sure he'll be fine. The World Cup's there at the minute. So oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I, I don't know. I uh, there, there's danger in going, you know, visiting any foreign country, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't see it. Uh, I don't see it being as big of a problem as you you might think it be, might be, Victor. But you could certainly be right. I hope not. But you know, I don't want to see anything happen to these guys. But it's something uh, no, I think you have to at least account for. No, 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 absolutely. But I, I will agree that, it, I mean, just, just from the perspective of, of, you know, being a competitive athlete, uh, you're right. Usyk has gone on the road in this tournament and, you know, unified titles and, and beat tough guys. And, you know, now he's going in against, you know, the first or second best cruiserweight in the world in a couple of weeks. So, you know, he's got, and he's doing it in, in, you know, in his, opponent's backyard so he's got huge balls man you know I and can't this fight wasn't even supposed to be there too they kind of they kind of hit Usyk with the okie doke it's yeah, well, in Saudi yeah. Arabia I believe yeah which is also was, a big that's a huge like that's a warning right there that they pushed so hard to make this fight happen in Russia after they already decided it wasn't going to be in Russia sure that's that's the risk yeah I yeah it's I don't funny. know I, I hope I hope that you're wrong just for the sake of the you know, sake of uh, Alexander Usyk. You know, I don't want to see anything happen like that. Um, but yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk more about that fight uh, next week when we preview it. I don't want to blow our load here two weeks early because then we'll have nothing to talk about next week. Um, but I want to move on to news and notes, guys. Um, we've got plenty of those. Uh, this will take us through the remainder of the show. Uh, again, if you want to call in and talk to us about anything boxing related, or you have comments about the show, you can do so. Uh, by calling us at 657-383-0391. And with that said, guys, we'll move on. Um, The first bit of news and notes I wanted to talk about with you guys was uh, a bit that I was actually kind of excited about. Um, Golden Boy Promotions uh, made a deal with Facebook, and it was announced last week that they're uh, bringing live boxing to uh, Facebook's watch, quote-unquote watch platform. Um, If you don't know what that is, uh, and you use your mobile phone a lot or a tablet, that's the annoying icon that always has notifications present on it uh, when, you, when you go into your Facebook app. Um, but that looks like it's starting on August 11th of this year, uh, and it's that's going to be the first of five cards that air on that, that platform in 2018. Uh, now on the first card, guys, uh, and thank you uh, for letting me know. I think it was you, Victor. Uh, it's going to be Jojo Diaz versus uh, Jesus Rojas. And then Sullivan Barrera is also going to be on that uh, first card, um, which leads me to the other part of this announcement, uh, was that Kathy Duva of Main Events, 
uh, will be, you know, adding her fighters to those uh, to Oscar's cards or Golden Boy's cards uh, on the Facebook platform. Um, were you guys excited as, as I was about that announcement, or did you guys have any, you know, uh, reservations or trepidations, I should say, about that? Uh, Michael, let's start with you. I was excited as long as, you know, anything that's free boxing is always good. Um, I'm just hoping that the the cards are going to be worthwhile watching. They're not going to be just kind of like a lot of unknown names that we're not going to be too bothered about. Um, But I imagine it'll probably be free for a while, and then I I can see them, you know, charging further down the line when they get a good uh, variety of people watching with the zone coming around. I think, obviously, it seems to be the future is going to be in streaming. So I'm hoping it's free for a while and we get some good cards. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you. I think that it's it's probably going to be an ESPN-level type of, you know, uh, service. Um, uh, kind of what we see now, you know, with, with Golden Boy and ESPN. I think there'll be, it'll, there'll be mostly showcases and, and stay busy fights. Um, and I'm sure that they'll have their own version of pay-per-view or you know, whatever they're going to call it, or, you know, whatever direction they're going to go in with that uh, at some point. Um, but I'm with you. I hope, I hope the majority of it is free, and I hope that if they do charge, you know, for a premium version of the service at any point, that we get more than, you know, the quality that we get or, or they're going to give us from that is a little bit higher than what ESPN Plus is offering um, because I'm not, I'm not too jazzed on that service, uh, at least with the quality of it. Uh, how do you feel about the announcement, Victor? Hey, free boxing is always good, but I will yeah. never actually trust Golden Boy. I I don't trust Oscar to give us like good content all the time for free, especially. Right. So right. I don't know. For right now, I'm hopeful, but I also doubt this will be good. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'm with you on that one, Victor. I I'm cautiously optimistic about about the you know the service uh, and the car, or rather the cards are going to put on. Um, as far as the technology or the service itself goes. Um, I really like this move by Golden Boy. Um, yeah, that's you know, great. Yeah, I, uh, you know, the three of us and, and all of our listeners and followers know that Golden Boy isn't the first to do this, uh, but it's it's a really good move because it shows the companies, you know, falling in line or keeping keeping step with the technology that's out there and they're, you know, they're understanding their audience a little bit better than, you know, someone like HBO or Showtime. But Exactly. Our Sometimes it seems like yeah. boxing is in the dark ages for shit like that. <laughs> Oh, of course. Yeah, boxing is is way behind in terms of you know how it gets delivered and and kind of how it operates in general. You know, when you compare it to other sports, but uh, that's another you know that's another discussion for probably for another show. But uh, yeah, I, I really like I really liked it uh, the, the 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 service and the announcement of it. Um, kind of got to wait wait it out and see you know see what comes after that first card. Um, the one thing I did find curious, though, was Golden Boy Promotions in the article that I read, uh, or the announcement that I read, the press release, uh, said they wanted to use Facebook because they under, you know, they're trying to reach a younger or a broader audience. But what's funny, or what, what's ironic about that, guys, is, uh, and you can ask my, my, my 16-year-old and my 12-year-old, that no, most people their age have a Facebook account. You know, most people in their 20s have a Facebook account, but they don't use it a lot. It's mostly yeah. guys... <laughs> From my generation and up, you know, late 30s, early 40s and up, you know, to 70s and 80s, uh, the young people, you know, the next generation of boxing fans or the, the generation that 
they want to bring in now is all on Instagram, is all on, uh, there's a little bit on Twitter, but they're on, you know, things like Snapchat and, you know, the other smaller ones, you know, or, or those ones that aren't as, don't have a big, a, big of a, big a public profile as Facebook and Twitter have. Um, but I thought that was kind of funny. Um, now what I'm really curious about, uh, guys with this, uh, golden boy service, uh, through Facebook is what fighters from, aside from Sullivan Barrera, uh, what fighters from the main event stable are actually going to appear there? Do you guys think, uh, and, and Victor, I'll go with you first on this one, do you think there's mm-hmm. any shot of a Dmitry Bevel or a Sergey Kovalev, once his contract with the HBO expires, showing up on, on this type of service? They'll fight there. I don't think they're going to fight each other there, but they would definitely fight there at some point. That'd be really dope. Yeah. Well, how about you, Michael? you on board with that? Yeah, same as Victor, yeah. I agree. They'll probably fight on it. Won't fight each other. I can't see them sure. risking that. But I think it'd yeah. be a good idea. I hope they do. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's my main thing. If we get, you know, I'm not expecting pay-per-view level fights or even, you know, world championship boxing level fights to be the norm on on, on the Golden Boy uh, service coming on Facebook in August. But uh, hopefully, we get, you know, we get some big names and, you know. They'll do what they got to do there, and they can use it to, you know, build and build, build their careers and in, in, in the fights and, you know, parlay it into something bigger for everybody. Um, now, with that said, guys, I did want to ask, and Michael, I'll ask you first. Um, with with this Golden Boy announcement and with Eddie Hearn's the zone and everything else happening with promoters kind of moving away from traditional uh, network broadcasts and business, uh, is, is this just another nail in the HBO coffin, or is this? Is this not that important yet? No, I, I I would agree with that. I think it's another nail in the coffin. I think they've pretty much shown that they're going away from boxing. They just haven't actually admitted it yet. Uh, right. <laughs> everyone else seems to have jumped on, like Showtime and uh, obviously, you know, Top Rank and those sorts of and ESPN have invested in boxing because I think they've seen that it's starting to take off again. You know, Anthony Joshua and a few of the big names, Lomachenko. Uh, seem to be getting known more to the, the casual fans. And yeah. HBO just seems to be investing more in your, your TV series and not really picking up the, the big fights. So, right. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Which right. is really oh, uh, scary well, for the fighters that are already on HBO, like your Golovkins. After a certain point, they're not going to be able to do anything if they try to stick on HBO. Yeah. Because these no, other guys I, aren't going to fight on HBO. So, like, what happens then? Yeah. Yeah. Now let me ask you guys. I didn't put this down in the show's notes today, uh, and it just kind of popped into my head. Um, when the PBC first launched, uh, and I know that was a TV deal, and it wasn't really an, a modern kind of or modern form of distribution for boxing um, a couple of years back, but uh, their commentating crews were awful and are still awful. Um, do you guys think Golden Boy is going to put uh, Golden Boy employees, uh, you know, uh, behind those three or four seats? Or do you think that they're going to get, you know, go for something a little more balanced and unbiased? Michael? No, they'll they'll go biased. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think most most people do. You know, you listen to HBO; they're always going for the HBO fighter and so on sure. and so forth. Most most places you listen to. Um, I actually don't mind uh, Joe Diaz when he steps in and does it on the for Golden Boy on ESPN. He's pretty good. Uh, Bernard Hopkins can be good sometimes. He's a little bit biased, but sometimes he actually is quite frank and speaks the truth. So it's kind of hit and miss with 
with them all, really, I guess, even HBO and Showtime. Yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think that they probably put Golden Boy employees or people, you know, that are friendly or loyal to the, to the their stable of fighters uh, behind those chairs or behind the mics. Um, of course, I think we're all hoping to get commentating crews that are, you know, kind of like what we've had in the in the World Boxing Super Series tournaments. Uh, but what do you think, Victor? Do, uh, do you agree with Michael? I care about the commentary way less than the average person. I don't even listen to it most of the time. I feel like they're always trying to lie to me about something. And <laughs> I guess it's like once you get to a point where you're able to analyze the fight yourself, you start to realize how wrong they are about the things they say. Right. Like intensely right. wrong. And I just I can't put up with it. I will say that a lot of Golden Boys commentary, though, isn't actually that bad. It's better than HBO and Showtime's a lot of the time. I'd like for Showtime, okay. I like Paulie. He's one guy that I actually do enjoy listening to for his commentary, even when he's biased about stuff, because he will actually have like decent insight in there. Tim Bradley also isn't bad. People just like the way he talks sometimes. I've noticed when I hear them like criticizing his commentary, but the things he says are actually not wrong at all. It's a pretty decent insight. But Golden Boys, their commentary is their team is not bad at all. Better than HBO, <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I yeah, I would agree with that. They're not as bad, but I think that I kind of like Michael said. I mean, you know, they're they're always going to put people behind the mics that promote the product or protect the product or damage control it. So exactly. Uh, I mean, that's why Teddy Alvarez got kicked off ESPN. See, see, but I, you know, I'm in the minority. I, I, I'm sure you guys probably won't agree with me, but I love Teddy Atlas as a commentator just because he, even though a lot of it's bullshit. I just feel like he's not lying to me. No, well, oh, if, just, if I, I, I love trust his passion. Exactly. No, it's not even the passion. If I can trust what you say, then I don't dislike you ever. Like, that's why I don't dislike Pauli Malinacci. I think he believes every single thing he says on commentary. Sometimes it's dead fucking wrong. His bias is the best of them. But I also think that these are his actual thoughts. Anytime I hear an interview from him, anytime I hear him on commentary, I think that, okay, these are your genuine thoughts. I don't feel like you're bullshitting me. I feel the same way about Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas is a guy to me that knows the sport of boxing, loves the sport of boxing. Sometimes he goes off the deep end, says <laughs> kind of says some dumb shit, but I still trust him. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I'm with Teddy. And when, you know, when he gets fired up about all the corruption and all the bullshit, uh, I know like Stephen A. Smith tried to shut him down and a lot of the, even some of the people guy, in the media. By the way, that, a guy that knows nothing about boxing, Stephen A. Smith. That's amazing right, to me. Right, but, but. A huge add to problem that. I have with anything, not to cut you off again, but that's a huge problem I have with anything. When you acknowledge that somebody else knows more than you about a certain subject, and then you will argue with them about that. Like, don't even try to contest them on this. They know this thing more than you do. That shit happens to me, guys, every fucking time I go to my gym. Like, there's somebody there. When I tell them, you know, oh, I do this or I do a show on Sundays and I'm a huge boxing guy. And, oh, you know, the first thing they, they t- want to talk about is like Conor McGregor. And then like they know nothing about boxing outside of like that one fight from what uh, about a year ago. And it's like and then they want to sit there and tell me kind of like you just said, Victor, where it's like, well, I, I educate him a little bit. And they're like, oh, no, it doesn't really go like that or it doesn't really work like that. And it's like, ah, you know, it's, it's you just kind of face I, I face palm myself and. You know, all right, shut up, let's go play. You know what I mean? It's like, let's let's change the subject. This is just, you know, it, it gets redundant with those people. But, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. But as far as commentating crews go, you know, and Teddy Atlas goes, I, I like I like Polly too. Um, when Polly's on the mark, Victor, I think he's really good, um, and I like that he's 
similar to Atlas in that, you know, he'll speak his mind, even sometimes, you know, when he doesn't say the things that the network or, or, or you know, other fighters or other promoters want him to say. Um, when he's not promoting the product, you know, the company product or towing the company line, I should say, uh, Pauly can actually be really good. Um, and, and I like Teddy just because I like people that get, you know, really get into it, you know, the way I do. I, you know, I jump out of my chair and scream and, you know, pound the table and shit like that. So, you know, I really love the sport. You know, I know Atlas does, and I know a lot of that's in act, but, uh, you know, it's always fun to watch, and sometimes it's hilarious. So, you know, especially when Teddy starts snorting all the time. But uh, with that said, guys, uh, I want to move on to the next bit of uh, news and notes. Um, Guys, there's a rumor, uh, and I couldn't couldn't confirm anything this morning, um, that the Sean Porter versus Danny Garcia fight has been postponed. Uh, at least until November. Um, I wanted to know, and I'll start with you, Michael. What do you What do you think this is about? Why is it happening? Um, wh- what's with the delay here? I would I would assume they're either trying to uh, knock it back, maybe for an injury, or just try, try and find the the perfect show to put it on. Um, but I'm the same. I haven't really heard anything. I saw something on Boxing News 24 where they seem to think it's been moved back until September the 8th. I read that. Um, I saw that too. After you sent, yeah, after you sent the notes out, I googled it and I found that. But yeah, it doesn't seem to be any reason. Um, so I'd say maybe a little injury to somebody where they need to knock it back a little while, or maybe they're just trying to build it up as much as they can and promote it a little bit more to get more interest in it. Right. Do you think, Victor? Do you think maybe the delay has something to do with with making the fight or creating a little bit more momentum so that when they come out of this fight, a fight with Thurman? Uh, is a little mm-hmm. bit closer? No, it's not about no. that at all because they're not really promoting okay. this. Like, if you are, if there was like a whole lot of heavy promotion for this, then I'd be like, okay, they're trying to like build this up into something else. But I think they just don't have the money for it right now. And that's why they're postponing this to okay. try to get the funds for this. I mean, mm-hmm. the way they handle these things, they overpay these guys so much. And the gate does so little that they're losing money for pretty much every single event they throw. Over okay. time, that hits the point. That's also why you don't see these guys fighting that often anyway. They don't have the money to keep throwing these fights. Well, I we, guarantee we you if we were to like, be an accountant like if we had access to their books, we'd say, oh, that's why this fight is getting postponed. Because you would lose like a fucking $2 million or some dumb amount like that just throwing this event. So. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that that could definitely be the case. I just think it's it's kind of crappy. I mean, it's par for the PBC course. I mean, this is you know what we've all come to expect from from that promotional outfit and, and its fighters. But you know, by the time if if it really does get delayed to November, I mean, you know, that's a huge layoff. I think Garcia fought last fought in February of this year, so that, that that's huge. Yeah, you know what I mean? Eight, yeah, eight nine months off, and you're coming off of a. You know, a fight against Brandon Rios, like you said. I mean, you know, and this is a this is an eliminator. You know, the winner's supposedly going to fight, you know, Keith Thurman. You know, the, the, you know, so I don't know. It just kind of this kind of thing takes the, the the bite out of the fight for me, or a little bit of the bite out of the fight for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, there was one other bit of PBC news that I wanted to talk about with you guys. Um, we do have a caller waiting, and I'll get to that person in just a moment. Um, after this bit of news and notes, uh, was there's I, I marked it down as the shit show uh, happening on August 4th. Uh, it's a PBC card featuring Andre Berto versus Devin Alexander, Peter Quillen versus Jay Leon Love, 
and then uh, Joey Spencer versus TBA. Um, am I overreacting here, Michael? Is this, is this card better than it, than it looks on paper, or am I right to be kind of down on it? You're right to be down on it. Um, I don't really know what to say. It's not it's not really any names on there that are kind of attracting. Uh, Peter Quinlan, you know, back in the day, was a great fighter. He obviously had that long break. He um, wasn't a great fighter. He was very overrated. It was kind of weird how people saw Peter Quinlan. But if this fight happened, like you said, a couple of years ago, it would actually would have been kind of interesting, like when they first started talking about this, because Quinlan versus Jalen on Love was supposed to happen, what, like, like you said, like five years ago or something like that. Back then, this was a... The fight made sense, but now it's just been so long. It's well, like, well, okay, it, whatever. Before, before Victor, before you weigh in with your thoughts on, on this one fight or the card in general, keep in mind, guys, Peter Quillen is 35 years old now, um, and his last fight was uh, last year, September of last year, against Deshaun Johnson, so and who was 22 and, and 21. Uh, that's the guy's record. So, you know, before that, he he didn't, you know, he lost to Jacobs two years earlier, so... Uh, you know, I, I, this this is a tough pill for me to swallow uh, because I know a lot of, a lot of people in the media are going to be pushing this thing like it's, you know, something to you know be excited about or, or you know to, to call your friends over for. But you know, what about what about uh, Mike or uh, Victor? I'll go with you on this one. What about Andre mm-hmm. Ber- Berto versus Devin Alexander? I mean, what the fuck is that all about, Andre Berto, man? You know, wh- I mean, what do you think? This is. Alexander's comeback, kind of, you need to, like, slowly build him up after everything he dealt with. This is expected. He's not someone that should be, well, I guess this is just a PPC card. I was going to say he's not someone that should be on the main event of this, but this is not actually, like, a big card anyway, so it's just yeah, but, whatever. But would you would you agree or disagree with me in that Andre Berto shouldn't even be fighting at this point? I mean, the guy is, I mean, to call him washed or to call him shot would be, I think, kind of generous. I mean, he still has a place in boxing. He's just he's not at the top of anybody's list or anything like that. I'm not one of those people that thinks like, all right, to be a boxer you have to be the very best, and then if you're not, you shouldn't box sure. at all. I mean, it's I just I, Berto's looked so bad for for so long. I, I, he's just one of those guys I think is going to end up really hurt on his way out. You know what I mean? It, it's going to end very very poorly for him. Yeah, that's a huge um, concern, but Devin Alexander yeah. isn't going to be the guy to do that, though. So it's sure. not that much of a risk. If you were putting Devin or Andre Berto up against somebody like, let's see, Walter Wade, who's a big, hard... If you were to put him up against Spence or somebody like that, then I would say, okay, this is yeah. this is scary. This should not be happening. This is, like, exploitive at this point. But Devin Alexander, this is, this is a decent fight. They match up all right. It's not something I'm going to go out of my way to watch, but I'm not sure. mad at the fact this fight is happening. Same thing for the yeah, Peter I'll- Quinlan versus Jay Leon Love. Well, I'm mad that it took so long, but it's right. all right. Yeah, I mean, I'll be tuning in. I'm sure you guys will, too. I'll probably tune in. If it's not good, I'll go and do something else. If it, if it turns out to, you know, be surprisingly exciting or, or interesting, you know, I'll stay tuned in. But um, before we get to the next bit of news and notes, guys, I want to I bring this caller on. Are you there? You are live. Good evening, Victor Split. Mike, how's it going? How are you guys? Good, how are you? Man? Really Love you. Yeah, I'm good. I was just listening to the show. I thought, uh, I thought I'd call in. I haven't been cool. on a podcast. I, I, I've joined a podcast, but I think it's called Eat, Sleep, Box, and Repeat, but uh, the guy hasn't been, like, he's been kind of busy, and I think we did one episode about two weeks ago, but 
Yeah, I just thought I'd call in. I thought there's a big fight next week, and I wanted to touch on a couple of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's on your mind? Yeah, I thought um, I thought the Pacquiao. I don't think you touched on it. The Pacquiao Matisse fight is is not on pay per view. So, what do you guys think about that? I've seen people still complaining, even though it's on a app that's only for five dollars. But the fact that it's not on pay per view, I don't understand why hardcore fans are complaining. I mean, it's only five dollars. Yeah, five dollars, and you're not even just like paying for that fight. I guess the complaint is just because they don't want to see Pacquiao fight Matisse anyway. Mm. <laughs> well, no, I, I complain about people, uh, Yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I heard people complain about uh, it being on an app, uh, but I've heard the app could be free, like uh, you could uh, you could get it for a free one-week trial, so... Yeah, there, we, yeah I did the sure. trial a couple of weeks, or a few weeks back. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in love with the service. Um, like I said earlier, Hamed, it's, it's, I, I, I love the method of delivery you know, it's modern and it's kind of progressive. Um, and it's, and I like seeing these promotional outfits and fighters move away from traditional networks, but, uh, the service has commercials, um, you know, let's face it, man, you know, it's Manny Pacquiao, sure, but this isn't the Manny Pacquiao that was, you know, brutalizing everybody he met, you know, back in 2000, from 2007 to t- uh, 2012 or 2011. Uh, this is, you know, almost a 40-year-old, you know, Pacquiao that, that hasn't really looked that great. Um, I, I, I don't dislike the fight. I think the, you know, against Matisse, I think it's it's not an easy win for Pacquiao. Um, I think he wins the decision, but uh, I don't think he's going to walk through Matisse or anything like that. Um and I think Victor and Michael agreed with me on that. Did you guys not? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, ha- yeah, Hammer, you, are you in the UK? Yeah, yeah, I'm from the UK. What about yourself? Uh, do you reside in, um, uh, no, I, I live in in America? Yeah, I live in California now, but it's on Box Nation. That's where you can watch the Pacquiao Matito fight. Yeah, no, I was just wondering because I've seen a lot of. Uh, a lot of talk about these uh, network deals. Like, I was quite annoyed that the Gassiev Usyk fight will be on pay per view in the UK. I mean, it's only ten pounds, but I, I don't think I should be paying for that fight because, I mean, the way I look at it, a lot of these fights in the UK that are on pay per view are normally either a British-based fighter, which is fair enough. I mean, his own, uh, uh, like one of your own fighters, so you're going to try selling it to the public, or is a big casual fight like I don't know, like I see. Mayweather McGregor or Pacquiao Mayweather fight, which I understand, you know, it's too big of a fight, so it's going to be on pay per view. But uh, I mean, this Usyk uh, Gassia fight is a good fight, but I just I don't understand why they put it on pay per view. Uh, a lot of these super middleweight fights are all on pay per view as well, so we have to stream them. I'm not going to pay for these fights that are not really worth pay per view, like Eubank and I forgot his name, I think a Yildirim or something like that, and yeah. Groves Cox and. I mean, we are lucky that Gassiev and Dotigos fighters on like the regular ITV4 platform, but I think they put a lot of the cruiserweight fights on the ITV pay-per-view platform, but the media is a free view, so you do understand what I'm saying? So if we didn't have to pay for it, we could watch it for free, but I don't know, it's kind of annoying that it's on pay-per-view. I'm not going to pay for a fight that's, uh, that's only really the hardcores are interested in it, and I just, I'm not really a fan of pay-per-view boxing. I think we, we should try and get rid of pay-per-view, but I understand in the UK it's gone so big and 
that uh, like the pay-per-view model is going to always be there now because of what Hearn has done with Matchroom and how big Joshua has come. But yeah, I'm happy about the Pacquiao fight. I'll be able to watch that on Box Nation. And like you don't have to stream it. That's good. But with the Gassia fight, I was kind of annoyed. But as for the fight, I think it's a good fight. I think Pacquiao and Matisse are both towards the, maybe you could say the stellar end of their careers. I think Matisse is definitely more probably towards the end of his career. Uh, I'm not too sure if I agree with you guys. I think this fight to end in a knockout or a stoppage. Uh, I thought Matisse really? is, resi- is resist. Yeah, I thought his resistance in the last fight looked kind of bad. Though I could tell when a fighter when he's getting hit, and you could see the the punch resistant mm-hmm. is not what it used to be. And I thought the same with Pacquiao. I thought Pacquiao got buzzed by Horn a couple of times in the first four or five rounds, and I don't think Horn is that big of a puncher. I do, even though I think Horn lost that fight and was kind of bending the rules and headbutting him. But I remember he caught him with a shot and he took Pacquiao from one end of the ring to the ropes. And I think Matisse, one thing he's got is uh, he's a, he's always a big puncher. And a pound for pound, he was one of the biggest punches a couple of years ago. So I, I think uh, I wouldn't write Matisse off. I think Matisse is live in there. I think I'd probably go with Pacquiao. I haven't made any predictions or anything because I'm a... Like uh, I'm just gonna watch it as a fan, like because I'm a big Pacquiao fan. Been waiting for a big fight like this for his. Uh, I don't think the last couple of fights. I think was it with Vargas and Horn. We know that are really big. Uh, and I think yeah, I think it'll probably be a good fight as well, stylistically. I think Pacquiao might be bust him up and maybe cut him open and maybe stop him late. But I'll be surprised if it goes 12 rounds. I see with two guys that can really punch. I mean, Pacquiao's got almost 40 kills, and I think. Uh, Matisse has got over 32 or 3 knockouts so I'm quite surprised none of you guys have picked a uh, knockout in this way yeah the only reason I don't think Pacquiao knocks Matisse out is just only because he hasn't you know, his KO percentage really dropped when he came up to welterweight and he hasn't I don't even remember the last time Pacquiao had a KO it's been years so I think uh, the last time was versus Cotto wasn't it in 2009? Yeah, I, it, my God, it might be way back when. Because he didn't stop. Because he didn't stop. Um, oh, my God. Why can't I remember? Oh, Jerry, he didn't stop him. Seems like he should have. That, that, that could have been stopped, Yeah, they could have been. I like he didn't. Ricky yeah, you definitely could have argued that, but he didn't. So. Yeah, I, I you could also I, argue that he should have stopped for him. They probably should have stopped that fight in the ninth round. Or you could argue that they could have. But it didn't happen then, so I don't know, man. I think decisions. I could see it being stopped because Matisse isn't looking too good at all. But I, I just don't really see it. I think it's going to be a decision. The last, yeah, it the should last... be interesting. I don't think it's yeah, going to be I interesting it, either. See, I, I think there's some intrigue in the fight just because, like Hamed said, uh, you know, uh, Matisse's looks shaky. His punch resistance isn't quite what it once was. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think uh, Pacquiao could deliver that that kind of punishment at 147. Uh, and just just for the for your info, Victor, uh, it was Miguel Cotto. That was November 14th of 2009. Oh, I remember he's so good. Got the year in yeah, the opponent. So proud of myself. It's been a long time since Manny's put anybody to sleep. So I, well, I, no, no, no. What about? I don't think he'll be like that. I think it could be like a technical knockout. But what about Matisse? Okay. I don't think he's a welterweight, a natural welterweight. Like, uh, in his last two fights, I thought he looked outsized. And I thought, like, you could tell when a guy moves up and, like, the body weight 
looked like he put on just fat and not actual muscle. I think Matisse is a natural 140 fighter. Don't get me wrong, Pac Joe is not a natural welterweight, but no, I think he's kind of yeah, he's kind of been accustomed to the weight class, and he's been fighting at the weight class for such a long time. But he's going to be bigger Matisse... than Pacquiao anyway. What I mean is, like, it's the age that Matisse really looks that way anyway. He, I don't think he can make 140 right now just because the age gets much harder to cut weight. You pack on weight easier, you get it off harder. So, although he's not going to be like as good as a or like the same size as a welterweight that is what like seven years younger than he is or six years younger than he is, he's still welterweight. And Pacquiao is somebody that has to kind of like bulk up a bit to make welterweight. He could really make 140 or maybe even if he wants to push it 135. He's not a welterweight himself, so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I think Matisse may be naturally about somewhere between welterweight and light welterweight. I know he's about seven pounds, but I just don't think he's a, like a welterweight as in I think he could probably be more suited to somewhere in the middle. I think naturally maybe a light welterweight. And I think uh, as he goes into this fight, I think uh, as you go in weight as well, I think your punch resistance, it does affect you. Like the weight, I think the the higher the weight class, I think uh, just some of the shots, I think uh, it could take uh, like a more of a toll than the weight class you were in before. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Hamid, what are your thoughts on the other fight happening next week, the the Prograve versus Velasco fight? Uh, I'm not too sure why uh, this fight and the fight that was planned yesterday, Ramirez and O'Connor, mm-hmm. I'm not too sure why why didn't they just fight each other. Are they both entering the Super 6 or Super 8, I mean, WBS, SS? Uh, uh, Prograve and I, Ramirez? I, I, no, Ramirez, sure Ramirez is. No, I, but I know no, Pro Gray is if he wins. Okay, I was just wondering because I think they should have just fought straight away. I think uh, Ramirez wanted, uh, like, a, they gave him a kind of a easy first offense, and I think a lot of people are saying he was ducking Pro Gray, but we've seen what happened with his opponent. I mean, he could have got he could have died. Like that was very dangerous. The whole weight cutting and. This fight next week is probably a mismatch on paper. I'm not too familiar with Progre's opponent. I think I think Progre is probably the real deal along with Josh Taylor at that weight class. I think you could argue maybe Ramirez and Progre need to fight to see who's better out the two. Uh, but I think a lot of people probably favor Progre at the moment. But I think Progre should win next week. And he should win, I think, maybe inside the distance. I haven't really seen his opponent fight. Uh I think uh, the tournament is quite good. Some of these names you're getting, I think, is a lot even match. But I think there's a, probably a couple of standout names: Josh Taylor, Progre, and I, I forgot the other name. I think there was another name that entered the tournament. I can't really remember now. But I think there's about two or three really good names in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the names in front of me either. I'm not. I can't remember who else is supposed to be in that tournament. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, so you think Progre definitely wins then? Ahmed? Yeah, yeah, I think he wins. Who are the other names? Does anyone know? I was just wondering. Uh, Relic. No, Re- Relic is one. Okay. The WBA champ. Oh. And then Anthony Yigit. Yigit. Um, oh, yeah, right, yeah. Ivan, I'm going to screw these names up, but Ivan Berefchek, is it? 
Yeah, Baran. Yeah, I've heard of him. I think he was meant to be a good, decent name, a prospect a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then there anyone Ed, else? Edu- Eduardo Troyamski. He's 27 <laughs> and 1. And then oh, okay, Regis yeah. yeah, that's the guy that uh, be Actually, there was a time people were talking about him versus Crawford for a really long time, how he was going to be the guy to dethrone Crawford. That shit got derailed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the Trinovsky entering is maybe like Dene entering the Super Bantuit, but no comparison. I mean, Dene is a big name. I think it's dangerous that Dene is jumping, or not jumping, moving down from, I think it's 126 to 118. I don't think he's made the weight in a, a really long time as well. That's a hard, that's a hard uh, division he's going as well with Tete, Ryan Bonner, Emmanuel Rodriguez. Um, anyway, there's some it's like a murderous row of uh, people in there. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to add was um, I think I was even someone see about the Buto Devon Alexander card. I I don't think it's that bad of a card. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of these fighters have had better days, and this card was probably better. This is probably more of a suitable card back in 2012 or 13, but I think with the welterweight division, we need some names that are just going to like be that gatekeeper level, and I think Devin Alexander is a really good gatekeeper if he if he could beat Peter, which he should, and I, thought, I think a lot of people thought he beat Victor Ortiz, and I thought he looked kind of sharp, but I watched the highlights of that fight, like first five, six rounds, and I think Errol Spence, need some dance partners or some guys that could, uh, you know, fight. Uh, we don't want to see him fight guys like uh, Ocampo for the rest of his career until right, he gets right. a fight with, with Crawford. So uh, I, don't, I wouldn't be too mad at that fight. I, I also wouldn't be mad at uh, Rios-Ortiz uh, fight, even though I think those guys uh, should both be retiring or think about retiring. But I think that's not a bad fight. I think I think it's better we see a late than never and I'm really interested in that Rio Sortis fight. I think Victor said as well. But uh, mm-hmm. Peter Quill, yeah, the Peter Quillen card. Uh, Peter Quillen and I, I don't know what happened to Quillen. He's meant to be a really good. Uh, what happened to him is that he was think... never that good from the first place. People just wanted him to be good, and they looked at his knockout percentage, and they were like, "Okay, he's good." But he always had a whole lot of technical flaws. He didn't seem to be. That... This is the same guy that was getting outboxed by Gabriel Rosado after he was like kind of like <laughs> low-key dominating him, but he was losing that fight, and he looked like he was about to get stopped by Rosado, okay? Yeah, I, I like Rosado, by the way. I was just going to say, when he got knocked out, uh, he disappeared for like three years or something. I, I don't think it was that bad of a knockout. Like, it wasn't. Remember, it wasn't even really a knockout. You could argue that shouldn't even have been stopped. He, it's like he got buzzed, and the referee like, was like, all right, I'm going to look at <laughs> you to see if you're okay. Oh, Okay, stop. Wait, no, no, no. I changed my mind. Let's uh, let's call this off now. It was weird as shit. It was one of the weirdest stoppages I've ever seen. I, I thought he was gone. Uh, I don't know what split things, but I thought that, I thought that was a legitimate stoppage. I think you should have given him a chance for a fight like that. But he didn't like a silly dance or something, and uh, I thought <laughs> he went. I thought he was. On badly on Queen Street, and I don't think he knew where he was. Like, uh, I just, I, I was think just it gonna say, 
Yeah, I think it's W twenty. It could have definitely went on. I was just going to say, I don't think it's that bad of a loss. Like uh, I remember, Randall Bailey fought uh, a prospect called Mike Jones on the one of the Pacquiao Bradley undercards, and I remember Mike Jones got knocked up by heavily. It was a heavy knockout. I think it was in the tenth to eleventh round. I remember waking up and I seen him get dropped, and then the round after he got completely knocked out badly like he was bleeding his teeth were broken his nose was busted I remember he went away for a long time like uh, it could have an effect but with Quillen that's what I was going to see he kind of disappeared and uh, I think uh, I'm not sure too sure if Alheman pays a lot of these guys to sit on the sides because as a boxer I, I don't understand uh, why you would be so inactive because inactivity as an athlete hurts a lot and you don't gain nothing, yeah. nothing from it unless Unless you get rewarded financially. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, actually, I want to move. I want to move the show on, Hamed. You're welcome to stay with us. Yeah. Um, now that I have actually two Englishmen uh, on the show with me, uh, it kind of ties into what I want to talk about next. Uh, it was announced while we were away last week, uh, and Michael, I want to get your opinion first. Uh, that Anthony Joshua's next two fights are happening at Wembley Stadium. Uh, and these fights will be taking place on September 22nd, and then uh, the second one on April 13th of 2019. Uh, now, there's been a lot of uh, rumors and whispers and things like that happening uh, in the in the press and the media and behind the scenes uh, that say the fight with Wilder is going to happen in, in the spring of next year. Um, do you think, Michael, uh, that that fight actually happens at Wembley on the 13th? Or do you think the fight with Wilder gets pushed back to the fall of next year? Um, I'm hoping it gets happy. It happens in April. You know, it's been going on for quite some time now that I think they're going to have to eventually come to some kind of arrangement. Um, you hear different things from each camp, so you don't know. You don't really know whether it's Wilder's camp or Joshua's camp, but to me, they should just suck it up and get on with it. Everyone wants to fight. Um, it's the, probably the biggest fight in heavyweight boxing at the minute. So for the sure. fans, I think they should just just get it made. Yeah. Well, uh, what about what about you, Hamed? Uh, do you think that fight happens in April? Uh, I can't see. I can't see a, a, that not being a big fight. I've heard Eddie Hearn saying they're going to expand the capacity to hundred thousand. I don't know if they could get someone like. I don't think a Dillian White rematch does 100,000. I know the first fight is good, but it wasn't like a uh, fight of the century or Thriller in Manila or something like that. Like, it was just, uh, you know, a uh, bit of up and down. Uh, I think Joshua was hit in the second round, and I think he kind of uh, answered some sort of adversity and knocked him out uh, quite badly in the second round. But, I mean, it was a great match, but I don't think that fight is going to be that big fight. I think if Povetkin in September, I'd be surprised if it's anyone else. I think... I think that's yeah. probably that's that's done and done and signed. I think the next fight is um, I think there's two options. If it's not Wilder, which is probably one of the biggest heavyweight fights since the probably Tyson Lewis fight, even though I think that fight both guys were kind of past their best, and that was towards Tyson. Uh, I mean Lewis's uh, Tyson. I think he was shot towards the end of his career. I think yeah. if it's not Wilder, which will be pro- uh, probably it is for all the belts in it. Correct. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's uh, for all the belts, uh, undisputed. So if it's not that, then I think it's only the other guy is Tyson Fury. I can't think of anyone else, but I'm not too sure if Fury will be ready by then. But I think he's either one or twice. No way, <laughs> no way. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I'm with you, Hamed. I don't know if it's if it's not Deontay Wilder on April 13th. I mean, after Povetkin in September. I mean, realistically, who the hell is Anthony Joshua going to fight? You know, um, I think if if I put myself in Eddie Hearn's shoes just for a moment here, um, put on my promoter's cap, uh, you know, we know that we know that Anthony Joshua draws seventy, eighty thousand people. You know, fighting, you know, a second tier opponent or a guy that's you know not quite up to par. So, I don't think the pressure is really on Hearn or, or Joshua. To, to make sure that fight happens on April 13th, but I, I, it's just, it's hard to imagine them not fighting in April or, you know, I think the latest that happens would be, you know, September of next year, but it, it, it's hard for me to envision a scenario uh, just because of the state of the division where they don't meet in the spring. So uh, what do you think, Victor? Do you think it happens in April or, or what's going on there in your mind? I mean, I guess, I don't see why it wouldn't if I'm in their position I try to make this fight happen as soon as possible because I'm really afraid that Wilder is going to lose. I'm not too afraid of Joshua losing, but Wilder looks vulnerable in every single fight he's in. He almost got beaten by Ortiz. You could argue that that fight should have been stopped, actually. So it's not... I don't like to prolong things with a guy like that when Joshua, I'm sorry, Wilder is probably the best matchup for Joshua in terms of like fan interest as much as they've been building this fight up. But if Wilder loses, that entire situation just gets killed. So Povetkin, September 22nd, Wilder, April 13th. Yeah, I... I, I can I... Can I, 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 I right. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, just say what you're going to say. I was just going to ask a question. That's all. Oh, no, I was going to say, if if it's not Wilder, or, or, yeah, Wilder on April 13th, I think it, it could be somebody like B- a Big Baby Miller or something like that. Yeah, but I, that's definitely it. I, I, I really hope that it, you know, that it's Wilder. I think we all want to kind of see that and get it out of the way and, you know, get an undisputed champion again. So, uh, but go ahead, Hamid. What was your question? I, I was just going to say, uh, Fury's got a fight lined up in August. I mean, that'll be his second comeback fight. I, I don't think he needs more than three fights. If, if I'm being he honest. Does. See if he fights. Mm-hmm. He no, does. No, no, he I'm definitely does. See. No, I'm just going to say, if he could get himself into the shape where he was against Klitschko and see his timing by that third fight. is. See if he fights in August, I'm just going to say, and he looks better and he fights, uh, say, maybe top 15 contender someone who's, you know, maybe respectable, and then goes in and fights someone else who's a top 10 opponent, like, say, Tony Bellu or Dillian White, and knocks him out, and his timing's back, and I'm seeing, if he's, if he's ready by April, who do you go with? Uh, like, say if the Wilder fight and the negotiation is still hard, I'm seeing, what's more of a risky fight, Fury first or Wilder? Like, from his perspective. I, I think, I think a peak Fury... If he's totally focused, he doesn't have any problems, and you know he gets in he gets in great shape, and he looks good in his next one or two fights. I don't think he beats Joshua. Um, I think there's there's some problems there, obviously, but I don't think he wins. Um, but if I'm Eddie Hearn, you know, and you and you and Michael can can lend more credence to this comment than I than I ever could. Um, you know, UK boxing fans are, are much more 
uh, ravenous and, and enthusiastic about the sport than you know than people in America are. So I I I would I would make the Fury fight first, just because it would be huge fucking money, um, and I, that would I mean a hundred thousand at Wembley. I think they could sell more than that for a, a Fury. Uh, Joshua, fight, yeah, yeah. you know, if, if I, co- I, looks, I completely looks agree. good. Uh, what do you yeah. think, Michael? I, I think if they try to do it in April, I don't. I think it'd be good for Anthony Joshua and bad for Fury, just like Victor was saying. I think <laughs> it's too early. I think right. he needs a few more fights. Um, he needs to get back, back in shape. He needs to get his eye back in. He needs to get just back in. Boxing Shane needs to get the reflexes back, and I think it's going to take a few fights, maybe the end of next year, and probably more likely 2020, uh, with obviously people on, you know, yep. Joshua only seems to fight two or three times a year, so 2020 at the earliest, if Fury's going to give himself the best chance of actually winning. Is Fury the biggest money fight for Joshua, Michael? Yeah, Fury or um, uh, Dillian White, because those two seem to have that... Um, Feud from back in the amateur days. Fury's obviously got, obviously, he's the, uh, the legitimate champion, I suppose, since the belts were taken away and never actually lost. But right. Dylan White and him have that kind of like London gangster type thing from, you know, they were <laughs> the two, two street guys and you have the amateur, uh, the, the fight back in the amateur jet days. And then obviously Dylan White kind of rocked him in that other fight. So those mm-hmm. two were the biggest ones. But Fury probably slightly bigger because he's kind of the. Kind of the champion because he never really lost, I guess. Okay, uh, what were you gonna say, Victor? Here is likely to see like an on-form fury in the next year or so, as you are to see Golovkin get de-aged by about five years. It's just not going to happen. A peak fury does not exist right now, and it's not going to exist until 2020 at the earliest. Okay, I don't. Yeah, I I, I what, can't what, agree with that. I didn't. Uh huh. I didn't catch. I didn't catch what he said about Golovkin. Uh, I don't. I don't no, understand what you saying, mean. I'm just joking, saying like that's. It's impossible to see a peak fury because the same way you're not going to see a peak fury anytime soon is the same reason you're not going to see Golovkin get de-aged by five years. They have the same exact level of probability, which would say it's impossible. It's just not. All right. Right. All right. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think. I don't think Fury will be hundred percent by April. What I meant was. If he could get into the sort of shape that Hearn and them could justify him getting in the ring with Joshua, he probably, if he fights in April, he'd probably be about, and he has about three fights and he looks, and he does everything he's asked for, he'd probably be near about 70% of his best. I don't think he'll ever be probably 100%. If it gets to about 2020, he could get towards the closest possible, but he, he's taken too many years out, uh, and all that weight and Stuff like that. It takes a toll, but I'm not too sure if we'll ever see that Fury that fought Klitschko again. Like, uh, only time will tell. But at the moment, that's a tough question to ask. Uh, I think again, near to it, maybe if, like you said, you guys agree with you. Uh, he he won't get anywhere near what he wants to do or what he's capable of until about 2020. He needs to have at least about four, five, six fights. But if uh, if a quick way of getting that big fight with Joshua by April was to come around then I think maybe he could get about three fights but I don't think he'll be good for Fury I agree what do you think about uh, Lewis Ortiz in April 
Uh, who's he fighting? I've heard about that as well. But he's, he, he comes back in two weeks. He's fighting at the Staples Center on the Mikey Garcia undercard. Well, if he fights in, fights July 28th, and then if Wilder doesn't happen, what do you think about Luis Ortiz, Anthony Joshua? Uh, I really want to see... I really want to see that fight. I'm not too sure about you guys, but I think I've heard that Joshua swerved Luis Ortiz. I think there was agreement in place from the WBA. The winner out to Klitschko, Joshua, had to fight uh, had to fight Luis Ortiz. He was meant to be mandated as the WBA, but what he did was, I'm not too sure if he slipped some brown envelopes to the IBF, but he, I think, told the IBF, we want we want you to be the first mandatory, like your organization to go first as a mandatory after Klitschko. So Pulev was number one, and then that just happened to be his mandatory challenger. But I think Pulev pulled out, and then Takam was the mandatory challenger. I'm not too sure if him and them will want it, but I mean, Dilla White didn't want any part of Luis Ortiz as well. And I don't know, I find it quite strange. I think uh, Dilla White didn't want any part of uh, Pulev, and so didn't Miller. I've heard Miller's. Pulled up, but then I've heard Miller and Pulev is back on. I'm not too sure what's going on with Pulev, but for Luis Ortiz, I don't think a lot of these guys will want to fight him, and that's why I think I think that Wilder fight is kind of underrated. The fact that he fought him, I don't think many people want to fight Luis Ortiz, even though I think he's close to 50 and he's quite old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not too. I I wouldn't be too excited. Obviously, I would watch it. Um, but I'm not. I wouldn't be too excited over a Joshua Ortiz match. I think Joshua probably handles him and gets him out of there um, at some point. But uh, Ortiz is just way too old uh, at this point. Uh, and kind of, you know, having been knocked out or stopped by Wilder, you know, not long ago, kind of kind of takes a little bit of the bite or a big bite, you know, out of the you know the excitement yeah. of that fight for me. Sure. Um, sure. I would prefer even even if it's not Wilder in the spring. On April 13th, I would prefer to see him fight somebody that that hasn't been knocked out by Wilder or that hasn't lost recently. Um, that would just be more exciting from a fan standpoint. But you know, I, I understand why they why they might go that route. So, uh, what do you think, Victor? Yeah, I'd... yeah, I'm not excited for Ortiz versus Joshua at all. I think Ortiz, like you said, is just a little bit too old right now. If it happened, like, even three years ago, I'd be I'd care about it. But for right now, not really. I also don't care that he just lost to Wilder recently, though, because at the same time, he also almost beat Wilder in that same exact fight. And it's the heavyweight division. It's very easy to knock someone out and also get knocked out yourself. You're dealing with this. The concussive force you throw with all your punches is enough to put anybody out. So it doesn't really discredit anything when you get stopped. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> I was gonna add. Uh, I was gonna add. Uh, I, I, I'd prefer to see Luis Ortiz fight the one out of Joseph Parker and uh, Dilla White. I think we yeah. get it that Dilla White is. I don't think Dilla White is gonna fight anyone or eliminate until he gets that fight with Joshua Wilder. At the moment, it looks like those two are on a collision course, and I don't think he's the mandatory challenger for. Wilder, that's why he took the fight with Pulev. But I think Brazil is Dominic Brazil is going to fight uh, Wilder. But I was going to say, uh, Luis Ortiz, if he gets a couple of wins, and maybe the one out of Parker and White, I'd like to see that fight. Uh, I think that'll be a good fight. I was just going to say one another thing. Uh, I'm not too sure if any of you guys believe it. Or, do you guys think that Joshua is, might not be the same guy after that Klitschko fight? 
I kind of seen some, I don't know, effect or toll, but I think someone made a good point on one of their podcasts. When you get hit the first time, like he got hit by Klitschko, like he got put down heavily against Klitschko, and I think it either... That wasn't the first time, though. I think he was the first time he got dropped, though. I don't think he was dropped before as a professional. Didn't he get... Well, as a professional, yeah, but didn't he get, like, stopped at one point in the amateurs at some point? And also, there's all those gem stories about him getting knocked out. I mean, he's no stranger to these things happening, I'm quite sure. I think it just, like, changed the way he boxed a little bit afterwards, but not because, like, it's the first time he's ever been hit like that. I don't think it's, like, a neurological thing. It's just like, okay, this is the safer way for me to fight to avoid that happening. I'm just going to go ahead and do that now. And also... Yeah, no... At the same time, though, it's also Vlad. Like, Vlad's also been giving him advice afterwards on, like, what to do a little bit better. So I think you could see that influence. No, I was, I was going to say that... No, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't mean it, like, uh, physically as a fact. I think mentally, like, it might be a mental block. Because in his last two fights, I've seen more of a safety-first approach. And I was at uh, both of yeah. those fights. And... I, I, I wouldn't say I was I wasn't too impressed against the Takam fight. I thought the guy on two weeks notice. I thought he came in too heavy. I mean he won nearly every round, but I thought that was a really bad stoppage and I think that fight probably would have went the distance and I thought he looked kind of uh, lethargic, kind of slow and kind of predictable at times, but I, then it followed up with Parker and I think Parker was a better opponent, don't get me wrong, and it was a good fight on on paper. I I think I give Parker credit, but even in that fight, I don't think he pulled the trigger any times, and I thought at times he was doing what Klitschko used to do in a lot of his fights. He was contempt with the safety-first style, and he was kind of happy that Parker, I think, couldn't get on or wasn't allowed on the inside because of the referee, how bad the referee was. And I think Joshua just decided to play safe. Yeah, I, I'm with Hamed on this. I uh, I don't know that it's because he got you know put down on the canvas by Klitschko, but uh, po- you know everything he's done post Klitschko is he he hasn't been as impressive in my eyes. Um, he's just a, looked a little stiffer, you know, a little less aggressive. Um, I don't I don't know. Um, you know, I've never actually boxed, so I don't know. You know, I've been in street fights, but I've never actually boxed, so I don't know what happens <laughs> when you. You know, when you get put down like that in 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 that kind of setting, you know, if you if you change your mind, because when I've been hit like that or been hurt, my first reaction is to start swinging back. You know, it's not it's not to to cower up or or to to be less aggressive. So, you know, I don't know. I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised. I I don't think you seem like a guy that would get into those type of situations. Uh, not as an adult, <laughs> but as you know, as as a as a, like a teenager and a kid, of course. Um. But All even right. you know, yeah, I don't know. Not I'm I'm 45 years old. I'm not gonna go out and get into a street fight. I got I got a business and kids to take care of, so that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but no, but yeah, when I was younger, you know, school stuff and yeah. stuff, you know, a playground and you know, all that. But you know, which is nothing like boxing. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, there's a couple other notes, guys, that I want to get to. Uh, uh, we'll have plenty of time to go over the the Deontay Wilder. Uh, Anthony Joshua, you know, fight as, as we get closer to uh, next spring. Um, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about that after the new year, too. Um, Victor, actually, you had some notes that I marked down, uh, and I'll kind of let you run with this one. The first one was uh, uh, Adrian Broner retiring and then unretiring in the span of two weeks. 
you wanted to talk about that, so I'll let you have at it. Victor? Did Victor disappear on us? I think he's coming back. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I just I just got his message, okay. So um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and run with it until he gets back. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, uh, Adrian Broner retired and then unretired in the span of two weeks. Um, now, Victor said there's people talking about or mentioning Adrian Broner's name in the same vein as the, the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Um, I haven't heard anything like that. Have, have either of you guys heard anything like that? No, uh, I hope not. Whoever yeah, says yeah. that means, <laughs> needs, yeah. needs body testing. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I, 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 I'm with you. What about you, Ahmed? Have you heard anything like that? Uh, I've heard it from one person, but I don't think you should pay too much, uh, too much, uh, what's attention? the word, too much attention. I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that guy, <laughs> I think he's on Twitter. He's a bit of a freak. I think he's got a blue tick as well, but I think he was saying that Broner should be higher ranked than Golovkin. I'm not too sure. Oh, I think he's oh just referring to the four weight classes, but I've always argued, I, I rate when guys go through weight classes, if you beat the best or you beat the top two, three, five even, guy in that weight class, you'll get my respect and I'll put you high mm. in the palm for my rankings. That's why I put like guys like uh, Mikey Garcia and Terence Crawford higher than uh, Golovkin. I think Mikey maybe now that if Golovkin looks bad in his next fight, I might put him as well, but I put Crawford definitely on Lomachenko one and two and I can't remember who got three. I think it's Inui or Arangvisai. I'm not too sure. I'll have to okay. double check. But I was going to say, uh, Broner won his first weight uh, title in the weight class at 126. I think it was 130, actually. 130, which was a vacant belt. Then he beat, um, then he beat I think, uh, Pauli Malnagy. I think the only belt he won was at 135, which was against DeMarco mm-hmm. legitimately, who was a good lightweight at the time. But then he beat Pauli Malnagy at 147. I think Malnagy, I mean, that says enough. And that, that was a close fight. That could easily have been a draw went the other way. I thought he nicked it, but I mm-hmm. thought a draw, I wouldn't argue. And, uh, I mean, Malnagy wasn't really a big puncher. Then at 140, he won a belt off, I think it's Habib, I can't pronounce his second name, but that was another paper, second-tier paper title. I think it was like a WBA regular belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Broner, uh, with the four-weight class thing, I'm not too sure if he's a legitimate four-weight class champion. Someone who's a... Legitimate three or four weight class champion. Someone like Terence Crawford, who's actually fought some of the best guys in his weight class, cleaned out the weight class. He fought, uh, was he a lightweight? I can't remember who he won. I think he beat Ricky Burns, but it was a legitimate title, and he beat Horn, who was another champion. I don't think Horn and uh, uh, Burns at those weight class were the strongest guys, but you know, they were respectable top three, four guys in the weight class. Uh, a lot of these guys, Bruno has beaten. I don't think they were. Yeah, that highly ranked. I mean, even Malnagy, when he had a belt, I think he was probably outside the top five at that time. Yeah, Broner's career is is largely smoke and mirrors. I agree with you, Hamed. It's it's you know a lot of people talk about him as as though he's he's something that he really isn't. He's basically I, I I've always viewed Broner, especially as of late, the last couple of years, as more or less a gatekeeper. Um, you know, regardless of what weight class or catchweight he fights at. Um, to even mention the name Adrian Broner in the same sentence, sentence as the International Boxing Hall of Fame is 
I, I would consider that sacrilege, <laughs> and I don't consider anything sacred. So, you know, I, I just think that's absolutely absurd. Uh, is, or Victor, are you back? I am, I am. Okay, so what, what, that, what's going on like, with all of that? I think there's a direction you could go in to actually think of Broner in the Hall of Fame. I disagree with it, but I think you could argue that based on his popularity and the fact that even the casual boxing fans know who Adrian Broner is, and he does provide... What's that in the background? I have no and idea. He, and, um... Shit, that completely derailed my train of thought. Oh, yeah, and because of how much he sells his popularity, you could argue that... Could you still hear me? He's just a fan, I think. Yeah, it was an amazing fan. But... You could argue that he deserves his placement because of that. Like, if you have, like, that casual fan basis, he does hold some sort of importance in the sport. And you could, like, stretch that to think that, okay, importance in the sport, that deserves to be remembered. Where the Hall of Fame is to remember the special, well, not special fighters, but remember the fighters. It's like he's a contemporary, he's a high profile guy. So you can just say, okay, Broner. Deserves a place there. I think if you use any argument other than that, though, he does not deserve to be in there at all. I've always seen him as like the stepping stone, not the stepping stone, but like the the border between an elite fighter and a good fighter. He's lost every single time he stepped up. He should have way more losses than I think he does. He's not really a good fighter. No, he's not. Now, My- Michael, uh, where are you with all of this? You've been pretty quiet through this discussion. I think Broner is kind of a waste of talent. Uh, when he first came out, I was actually kind of a fan. He was kind of flashy. He was kind of good on the mic. He could talk. And then he kind of went down that. He was all style, no substance. He just wanted to be all over Instagram. He wanted to be at every single party. He wanted to be out with Drake and all the rappers and stuff like that. And then after a while, I was kind of like, is he a boxer? Is he a rapper? And then... <laughs> no, just, he, just does, he just does stupid things. It's like every few months he's just doing something different, like yeah. calling out Eddie Hearn for these, uh, for offering him six million for three fights, the poor guy. That's hilarious. And then he puts on that deal saying that Floyd is just giving him 50 million for five fights. But no one, no one's announced, just Rona's announced on his Instagram. Mayweather Promotions never announced it. Boxing scene, no other boxing journalist ever announced it. So I don't even think that's real. And then now I see that uh, that Shakur Stevenson's hanging out with him, and I'm just thinking to myself, is he going to oh, no, drag no, no. Oh, God. Tell me, Shakur just got arrested. What? No. Yeah, he's going to drag God him down. damn it, Broder. I know. I see him on Instagram, <laughs> and then Shakur's oh, all these parties with him. I'm like, there we go. He's going to drag Shakur down with him. It's another waste of talent we've got. So, <laughs> I want to right now. I'm not even joking. I didn't know that. I'm so sad. I'm so upset. You you didn't yeah, you know that he was down. arrested? Not only did I know not know he was arrested, I didn't know that he was hanging out with Broner. Broner is a fucking toxic shit, man. You need to stay oh, well, far yeah. away from that guy. Yeah. Well, who, who who gets his car shot up and then tells tells the police that he doesn't know that it even happened, and then later talks about exactly what happened. So yeah, Broner is. Yeah, he, he, that's a top fire, like, waiting to spread. One of the best prospects in boxing. He's not someone that... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, guys, we've got about 
We've got less, actually, less than 30 minutes now, so let's keep it moving. Uh, Victor, the other bit of news and note, uh, the other bit of notes you gave me uh, is, deals with Demetrius Andrade uh, becoming the mandatory for uh, B.J. Saunders. Uh, does that actually, fight actually happen? And if so, when? Well, it also ties into your notes where you're talking about how uh, Demetrius Andrade part ways was promoter. And it was talking about him signing with Eddie Hearn. If that happens, then I think that actually kills the Hearn versus Andrade fight. Why is he the mandatory challenger, by the way? That is so weird to me. Because it's boxing. <laughs> I, I don't understand how this even happened. But I think if they do end up fighting, that it looks a lot like the Willie Monroe fight, only Andrade's a step up from Monroe, so he should win. Did Big Andre actually beat Saunders? He definitely could. The Monroe fight was actually closer than a lot of people. Okay, so Monroe had a lot of times where he didn't do anything at all in that fight, and that's mainly why Saunders won. When Monroe decided to actually fight Saunders, there were a lot of times where he was getting the better of Saunders. I think Andrade is going to be able to do the same thing, only not have that period of inactivity where he just, like, doesn't do shit. My only concern is that he get caught by Saunders and dropped. Even though Saunders doesn't have a lot of power, I'm not too sold on Andrade's chin. Because he's yeah, been dropped quite a few times. Say, yeah, I was going to say, he hasn't really been in there with a high-quality a high opponent that can punch, and he's been in trouble a few times with lesser opponents. Um now, Michael, let me ask you, uh, what did you make of the, the announcement that uh, Andre had, had parted ways with Banner Promotions and that he was rumored to have signed with Eddie Hearn? I think it's good for Eddie Hearn. Uh, since announcing the, uh, the zone deal, it's not really come out with um, any real big names or anything like that. Um, that he was going to try and sign to the, uh, the American Matchroom uh, promotion. Um, I'm hoping we should hear some more over the next few weeks. He's obviously not found it as easy to uh, pry those big names away from the uh, promotional companies as he expected. Uh, Andrade, I think he's still like kind of like a work in progress, really. Um, yeah. Being an ex-Olympian, he's kind of like on the fringe. And as you just say, he looks like a good prospect, but he hasn't really stepped up yet. And uh, I believe that um, Billy Joe Saunders, I think there's more rumors from... The podcasts and all the stuff that I read from uh, back home in England, that um, he looks to be fighting um, uh, James DeGale. Yeah. So I, I've heard more rumours towards that than fighting Andrade. So, But would he want to drop his title? That's the thing. So if he doesn't fight Andrade, they may strip him. So we'll have to kind of wait and see, I guess. Right. Now, Hamed, let me ask you, uh, if, he, if Andre signs with Eddie Hearn and he starts showing up on his own network, uh, do you think he'll actually fight more often and he'll be in tougher? Or do you think it'll be just more of the same from this guy? Uh, Andrade, if he signs it in, I think he'll probably will get those Luis Arias type of matchups first. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm not too sure with him. Uh, the job he's done with Jacobs, I don't think was that... Uh, was that, like... Uh, you know, it didn't really blow my mind away. I think Andrade has had issues... I'd, I think I heard Andrade had a fight scheduled on one of the cards in August or was it September on HBO. I can't remember, but I think it's not official, or if I'm correct. But I'm not too sure if he, if he if he signs with him, it's probably better for him personally. Ah, uh, yeah, was that nice? But I was gonna say, uh, I think Andrade needs to be uh, active. I don't think he is the mandatory challenger. I think he might be in line, but. 
I think Saunders might have time to make a voluntary defense in a big fight against someone like De Gale and assuming Saunders wins, maybe we might get that fight. I like that fight. I think it's a good fight. Andrade and Saunders. I'm not too sure how long though is before we'll get to see that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I tend to tend to believe that uh, Andrade will probably probably be a little bit more active than he has been in, in years past, but. Uh, like like we were talking, uh, like I was discussing with Michael, he's kind of a work in progress, and you know because of his, his high level of inactivity uh, thus far, you know I, I don't know I don't know how much his quality of opposition is going to increase uh, or, or when he might step up, but I, I I definitely think he'll fight a little bit more uh, if he's fighting under Hearn uh, and match from USA. Um, now. Uh, Victor, there, I marked something underneath these notes. Uh, the name Serge, Sergey uh, Daryavinchenko. Um, what was it you wanted to discuss about him? Oh yeah, yeah, him. So initially, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking that for the IBF that he was only going to end up fighting Langford for it. Okay. But they're setting up him versus Jacobs, which is such a weird fight for me because I imagine. For Jacobs, the goal here is to get a rematch with Golovkin or a fight with Canelo. So, Golovkin and Canelo are fighting, right? Mm -hmm. WBA already said that Jacobs is next in line for that. So, what does Jacobs getting the IBF actually do for him? If Golovkin, like he's the mandatory already, the IBF doesn't benefit him at all. And then there's a relationship between... I don't think yes. he's a mandatory for the WBA. I don't think he's number one in the WBA. No, 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 no. he Marata. is. They actually said that Murata is. They said Derry, They said Jacobs takes priority over Murata for some dumb fucking reason. It doesn't make any sense at all because Murata is the one that has the regular belt, but that's what they said. They said Jacobs has priority over Murata. Ooh, interesting. I wasn't aware of that. I thought Murata, because Murata had the regular vision exactly. with Jacobs. Uh, that's quite confusing. I mean, that's why I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of this WBA whole super title. Uh, I've kind of lost interest with the WBA because they've got like three different weight uh, belts for each weight class. I mean, I, I like the De- Jacob Jarotenko fight. Don't get me wrong. I don't really, I'm not in no rush to see a Jacobs Golovkin rematch. I, I thought Golovkin sure. won. I thought it was a close fight. I thought that was probably closer than the Canelo fight, but. I don't think we need to see. I don't think it's that great of a fight. I I like to see Jacobs fight the guys like Canelo, but I mean Canelo's now got the rematch with Golovkin. But if he's not gonna fight guys like Saunders or Charlo or Andrade, then I mean he might as well put him in with Devrachenko. Because uh, the last two opponents have really been bad, man. The, the last fight was good. I thought Shulecki kind of done better than expected, but on paper that Shulecki that was really good. As well as he should have done, people were underestimating Selecki. But the thing with the D- Jacobs and Jerry Vinchenko fight, Jacobs, they have the same trainer. Jerry Vinchenko says that, sorry, Jerry Vinchenko's trainer said he considers Jerry Vinchenko a nephew and Jacobs a son. So the fact that they're even fighting is really, really weird. It's going to cause a whole lot of problems there. It's surprising that they're even going to get a fight. I was going to touch on another topic. I'm not too sure if you've got other topics to talk about, but I've seen a lot of media guys. I'm not too sure with these guys if they PR for for certain 
uh, promoters and promotions. But a lot of these guys have been... We're trying to make sure that Golovkin doesn't get stripped. And I've seen him going head-to-head with a lot of these promoters, the promoters of Derichenko and trying to... I've seen him putting stuff out on Twitter online with about the IBF. Uh, what they done was wrong, but... I mean, the IBF, I thought they followed their plan. I mean, I wish all the organizations would be like that. I mean, the WBC, what they did was with Stevenson, they didn't, he didn't not make a mandatory challenge for like, was it two or three years? And I thought the IBF gave, gave the warning to Golovkin, I think in, I think it was in April that they said, you have to fight Devrachenko next or you're going to get stripped. And, uh, Golovkin chose to fight Vanez. I understand there was some uh, reasons because I think they wanted to go out on me. That's fair enough. There's two or three weeks notice, but IBF followed the rules. I think I've read all the contract on the whole stipulations of why they stripped Golovkin. And I think the reason was clear. They said from May till about August or September, Golovkin had to either make the mandatory defense against Devrachenko or he's going to be stripped. And I think it was the right decision. I'd like to see more of these um, organizations follow their rules because I think the IBF, even though I think they have they have some really corruptions to this side as well, like guys like Ocampo and Dominic Wade have managed to become manda- mandatory challengers, but at least they follow the rules. And uh, I don't know, I think it's kind of like, I, think, uh, I just think a lot of these media guys like Steve Kim and I think Dougie Fisher and there's amongst others as well, even Dan Raphael, they can't be biased. But regarding the situation with the IBF, I think they were... I don't know. They, I thought they were being biased and trying to pick sides. And uh, I think the IBF done what they they made it clear in their rules. And uh, I, I don't think you could be too mad at the IBF for stripping him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Go ahead. <laughs> Kelbrook is also removed from the WBC rankings for not enrolling Nevada. How do you guys feel about that, man? Uh, well, I'm I'm a big proponent of a clean sport or, or you know, an even playing field. So, um, on the surface, I, I'm I'm all for it. Good, you know, kudos to the WBC. But at the same time, like Hamed was just saying, these these you know, especially the WBC and the WBA are the two worst. But they you know they they don't apply. They're very capricious. They don't apply their their rules to you know all the you know different fighters out there uh so they make dispensations for you know popular fighters or or money you know the fighters that make the most money um but like i said on the surface man i'm i'm all for it i you know if if you're not going to be enrolled in, in some kind of you know testing like that with vada then you don't deserve to be you don't deserve to be ranked and you don't you shouldn't be fighting uh, that's just my opinion uh, what about you michael uh i believe he uh the reason he didn't sign up is he's going down more of the, the WBO route um, instead of trying to face, you know, Charlo, who's obviously up there now with the WBC. Um, so I believe that's why he didn't sign up for it, just because he didn't want the extra testing. Yeah. He's not he's not wanting to challenge Charlo. Um, he's going down, uh, trying to fight Jaime Munguia, more of the WBO route. That is why. It's just that it also looks bad because it will always look like he's avoiding testing because he's on something. Anytime you're in a situation where you just avoid the testing like that, it will always raise a whole lot of questions, even if he has done about it in the past. 
the main problem I have with the WBC though is that their clean boxer program is not what it sounds like at all. Wait, wait, oh, yeah, no. I got I got to chime in with this, guys. Didn't and I and I have had a really busy couple of months, and and this week was hellacious for me with work mm-hmm. or my day job. So correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I I think I recall reading yesterday or the day before that uh, he had added J- uh, uh, not James Gale, uh, Kel Brook had added Memo Heredia, Heredia to his team. Oh, okay. No, so I did not no. know that. If he did do that, that's uh. That's was, it, right there. was it another fighter? I, I, I may be confusing Kell Brook with another fighter. No, no, no. It, uh, it wasn't Kell Brook. Uh, I think I can't remember who it was. Good, that was, was a good uh, take. It was, no, no, it wasn't the Gale. It wasn't a British fighter. I think it was someone okay. in America. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. But I was going to say, this is kind of a bad look. I, for years, uh, state in my opinion, I've been suspicious of Brook. Uh, I think some people are beginning to be suspicious of Joshua now that he's the fight with uh, Wilder's not going to take place because of some people are saying he might be avoiding WBC testing. But I mean, oh, Victor, no, the WBC testing is like full of shit, and he's going to be yeah, Victor, the uh, Beckham thing anyway. Yeah, Victor saying it there. might be different. Victor saying it might be different, but um, for Brock, is not a good look. But I think WBC is year-round testing. So, no, 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 no. It says it's year-round. Yeah. It is very selective. They do not... They pick and choose who they're going to test and how often they test them. There are some times when some guy doesn't get tested at all. There are some times when somebody gets tested and I think they're targeting certain people. No, but what I meant was uh, VADA is only for when the fight starts. When is The minute the fight is signed, VADA testing begins. If it's year-round testing, then... As long as it's out it doesn't matter if you're enrolled for year-round testing if they're not actually testing you. Ooh, and the WBC uh, is chooses who, like who and when they test. The WBC is the problem. That's why that clean boxing program does not mean what it sounds like it means. If it was equal, then yeah, it'd be good. But it's not equal. It has never been equal. But how? But I'm just sure. How do you know this? So uh, how do you fighters, know? Uh, the- fighters have said this all the time. The guys enrolling it. Bada themselves, I think, said something similar to that effect. There is a lot of information about this. Clean boxing program is not what it sounds like it is. Yeah. So they're not testing people at all when the fight outside no, no, no. the fight? It depends on who you are. I think what actually happens that if you pay, this is my speculation here, I think if you just like pay them enough money, they won't do it, but there have been instances where you don't get tested. <laughs> There have been other instances where you get tested multiple times, but they're different fighters. Sometimes two guys will be in, like, enrolled in the program as they're about to fight each other. They'll test one guy a whole lot for that fight and then won't test the other guy at all. That has happened. Okay, that's interesting. I never knew. I'll have to, I'll have to look on about that. That's, if that is, then that's a bit of a pros and cons into the whole This is just a straight-up a con. Their entire thing is a con on both ways. It's negative and it's a con in the sense where it's like it's a game. They try to trick people into thinking they're like, oh, we're cleaning up the sport. They're not cleaning up anything. They're enabling certain guys to cheat and then like taking away that advantage from certain guys to, you know, they make it so you can cheat and the other guys can't. That's all they're doing. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I wasn't aware of that. I was gonna say some. Sp- I've I've seen a video. I, I'm not too sure if any of you guys have seen it, but. Uh, I don't know if it's... I can't remember who put it up, but I've just seen it online of... I think it's Steve Kim and Dougie Fisher about them by some guy of... 
I can't remember who it was. I think he's part of this. Are they called the LDBC or some sort of group? And uh, oh, I the idiots, kind of, yeah. I thought <laughs> no, I thought the video. I thought the video was kind of interesting. Some of the things it said in there, like I think the guy, what well, he was, I think he got it way wrong. I mean, the guy was being racist. He went over the top, uh, and he was he sounded mad, man. I, I I don't know, but some of the points I thought he made in that video. I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, he's, I think he said they've been trying to push some sort of agenda and they haven't said anything about Golden Boy and I think Tom Laughlin, K2, but I'm not too sure if any of you guys have seen that video. I don't watch those videos. No. Uh, real quick, real quick, guys. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Kel Brook. It wasn't James Gale. It was Felix Verdejo. Because Felix Verdejo revamping his team adds Memo Heredia. <laughs> Didn't he already test positive for something in the past, or was suspected of it at least? Uh, I that I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, Sorry, I didn't catch uh, that. Who was it that? Felix Verdejo. Uh, Felix Verdejo. Verdejo, my bad. Yeah, he, he's kind of finished. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Way, he got knocked out, so I'm not too sure yeah. if that's <laughs> gonna. I'm not too sure if that's gonna. Like make a difference, but yeah, I think Memo Radio should be under watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's do this, guys. Uh, it's been a really good show. Um, before before we end it, just a few minutes early, we've got about eleven minutes left. Um, we were talking about the Daria Vinchenko Jacobs fight that's rumored to be happening on October twenty seventh. Uh, I just wanted to get your uh, quick early picks. Uh, kind of go around the table here. I think it's. I think Daria Vinchenko probably stops Jacobs maybe late. Uh, what do you think, Ahmed? Uh, Jacob's on point, so either Devrachenko probably... I don't know. I'm not too sure. Man. I, I'll have to watch more of Devrachenko, but I think okay. Devrachenko could definitely stop, stop him. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I think he could probably stop him. But he might catch him early. Uh, Jacob's has been dropped by Golovkin and Piro Gilly, so uh, it's yeah. a tough fight to predict. I think it's a good fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, how about you, Michael? Uh, I agree with you. Uh, going after uh, Jacobs' last two performances, didn't look great. Um, it looks like he left something in the ring with his big performance against uh, Triple G, was it? Yep. Um, I think Serevichenko uh, in, the, in the later rounds, yeah. Okay, and Victor? I'm actually picking Jacobs on decision. I think... Really? Wow. Yeah, well, if one... I think they want Jacobs to win anyway. And Darian Vinchenko, when two guys are familiar with each other and these two guys are very familiar with each other, it takes away a little bit of the surprise and the skill. Like, if these two guys were just like completely random encounter, I would favor Darian Vinchenko a little bit because he's more technically sound than Jacobs. But if you're already used to him, some of those tricks don't work anymore and it makes their, your physical advantages they matter a little bit more. And Jacobs has a lot of physical advantages over Darian Vinchenko. Darian Vinchenko is going to have to work a whole lot harder to beat Jacobs. If Jacobs actually boxes correctly here and uses his reach as much as he can, it's going to be very hard for Darian Vinchenko to get anything done. Jacobs is, I think he's actually faster than Darian Vinchenko. He should be physically stronger. He's bigger, longer, taller. That is going to matter a whole lot. Who's more accurate? I mean, the question... I was just going to say, the question is, how good is Devrachenko? We'll, we'll only find out on the fight. I mean, Jacobs right. has been in there with, uh, he's been in there with Pirong and Golovkin. I think Pirong might 
might have been better than Golovkin. We'll never know because they never fought, and Pirog's career kind of got shut, uh, kind of cut short. But I think Jacobs has definitely been tested more. But I will only find out how good. Uh, but I agree with what Victor was saying. Uh, Jacobs has a lot of advantages. The only thing I look at it. Last two fights, I've not been too impressed with Jacobs. I thought against Arias, he didn't know he did what he had to do apart from knocking him out. But I thought Arias was in there to survive, and I don't think Jacobs hits as hard as some people thought. I thought he didn't look that good mm-hmm. against uh, Truax as well. Uh, the way Jacobs fight is wrong. That's a really like a technical flaw. As far as Jacobs is pure like one shot power, if he puts everything into it, he can stop you. Just that sometimes he doesn't fight the way that his body he doesn't fight in the ideal way for his body type I'll just say that it's weird it's like he it's a little bit too much movement for his size because really he should be trying to slowly break you down over the course of the fight and just force you to deal with him every second but he doesn't do that you could argue that maybe it's a suspect chin and that's also why he's so big in the first place to like mitigate that a little bit but his power is fine yeah. the way he realizes his power is wrong yeah, I agree. He slaps a lot. He, he slaps. I was yeah. gonna just say one thing, one last thing. Uh, it's off topic, but I was just gonna say, uh, have you guys been uh, satisfied with the the quality of cards and coverage or whatever uh, you've been getting with these ESPN cards? I mean, uh, the last time we had some sort of uh, cards or PBC, I know a lot of people weren't too keen with the PBC. I I thought PBC when it got launched in 2015 wasn't too bad. I think Leonard and I think all the big names are there and it's on NBC. I thought we got to see like big fights like uh, uh, what's his name, Guerrero, Thurman, right at the beginning, Garcia, Peterson. You know, we got to see the best fight, the best. I thought DeGill, Durrell, then we got to see Thurman and Porter. But then I thought from 2016 in the middle, they just went down and it got really bad. But what about the ESPN cards and quality of um, from this year? Uh... I'm not I'm not overwhelmed by any of it. Um, most of it most of it is uh, I mean it's boxing so 90% of the sport is showcase or stay busy fights uh, especially in this era. Um, but I guess it's been it's been okay. Um, I, I it, it's a notch above what the PBC was, uh, but it leaves it leaves I'll be the first to criticize. Top Rank and Golden Boy for their, you know, all the shit they put out there, just like I do the PBC. It's, they put out a yeah. lot of garbage. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it leaves a lot to be desired, but, you know, the, the sport that the four of us love is, like I said, is mostly comprised of, of crap. You know what I mean? We get that we get that one or two big fights a year if we're lucky, and then the rest is just, oh, you know, let's stay busy or, hey, let's build a profile type of thing. Um but that's where I'm at with it. Uh, well, how about you, Michael? How do you feel about the, the cards? It's kind of like a mixture of what you both said. Uh, I thought the ESPN Plus app, I don't I don't mind paying the $5 a month. It's like one, buying one Starbucks and I get all my boxing. Uh, I like the mix they've got. They've got a lot of top-ranked cards. And they also threw on a few of the American ones. I saw the Amir Khan fight on there. and You get, you know, the top-ranked Fresno card uh, from last night. Um but like you just kind of hit on is um, a lot of the time you don't really get the big fights because the big fights aren't made because they take so long. Um, a lot of stay busy fights and stuff like that. Um, so ESPN have kind of replaced what HBO were doing and they kind of have a few more because you get a lot of the Golden Boy cards. 
the smaller cards from like the Belasco and Fantasy Springs. So I think overall ESPN are doing a better job and probably the biggest provider of boxing for us at the minute. Right. Victor? I, I thought, I was just going to say, sorry, I was just going to say, I thought, uh, I, I thought uh, some of the cards have been good, but a lot of them haven't been that good. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Victor, how do you feel? Oh, pretty much the exact same thing Mike said, honestly. Okay. All right. Well, with that, guys, we've got only about four minutes left, so I'm going to go ahead and end it just a couple minutes early. Uh, Hamed, you probably need to go to bed. Uh, I think you're eight hours ahead <laughs> of us here in California. And Victor's probably ready to eat dinner. Um, so we will be back next week with episode 28, uh, and we will be previewing the uh, Gasev and uh, Usyk fight that will be happening the week after that. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to next week's show. Uh, if you like what you heard today, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at at SplitDBoxing, uh, at 757Vic, which is Victor, and at MShep10, which is Michael Shepard. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SplitDBoxing. Uh, you can uh, visit the SplitDBoxing.com website. And if you are so inclined to do so, uh, you can support the Greater Split D Boxing Network on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash split boxing. So uh, thank you for calling in, Hamed. You're welcome anytime. And uh, for my host, no, Victor and Michael, uh, this is Scott Jarvis saying see you guys next week. Who's going to bust your chops now? <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.